Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Nathan, and today we're going to talk to Tim and John over at The Bible Project, which is super cool. Now, I need to let you know that we recorded this back in January, and we're going to air it earlier, but then coronavirus hit, and it was all jacked up. So there are some timestamps on this that are just a few months old. Nevertheless, we had a great conversation with them talking about what is the Bible and why understanding it is so critical for us today. Y'all enjoy this episode. We are really excited today to have on the phone with us a couple of guys that have almost become like synonymous with Bible summary videos or uh, the way they would call it like uh, instructional videos. And maybe at least anecdotally in my world, uh, a lot of people have talked about these guys and they've been like, man, those guys have done about as much as anybody else to help me understand the scriptures. And so, you know, I'm like, well, we should probably talk to those guys <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and help get the word out. So we have on the phone with us from the Bible Project, Tim Mackey and John Collins. So Tim and John, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. So this was been like two or three years ago now, but I was in my office and somebody came by and was like, hey, I saw this video and you really ought to check it out. And of course, I'm sitting there every once in a while you see videos like that and you're like, okay, there's so many things that are wrong with this, not to mention mm -hmm. the fact that it's like really poorly done. <laughs> and uh, and mm -hmm. so, uh, so I told him, I was like, hey, I'll watch it. I'll give you feedback on it, whatever. And so when I clicked on it and started watching it, I was like, wait a minute. Mm. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is actually really like aesthetically interesting, but also whoever did this, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> they you know? actually know the Bible. <laughs> they actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just became a very quick follower of the Bible Project and then have used the videos that they put out. But uh, just to push it over to you guys, just initially, Tim and John, like number one, what is the Bible Project? Who in the world are you guys? Mm -hmm. And how did you end up being where you are now? Yeah. Do you remember what video you watched? You know, I think the very first one that I saw was... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It'll come to okay. me. If it comes to me, I'll let you know. We have like a, almost 150 videos now. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of content. Yeah, don't yeah. feel bad. <laughs> they, kind of, they do blend together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bible Project is... Uh, it's turned into, well, an organization, but it started as just a desire for Tim and I to make animated biblical theology explainer videos and put them up on the internet. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and so we, at first, we're just kind of building an animation studio. And that's basically what we still are, is an animation studio yeah. where Tim gets to be a scholar and read and write, and I get to work with him on scripts and... We get to make get to make videos, mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. kind of that's the the main part of it, and we put it all on our YouTube channel and on our website, and it's crowdfunded, so we don't have to charge for it. It's like already paid for by people who kind of patronage the project and say we want more of this. So it's been super fun. Yeah. So John, on your side of it, would you call yourself the theologian or the artist? <laughs> Actually, neither. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then what are you? That's so funny. I was going to say both. Both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. Good, good. Theologian with a small T and artist with a small A. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, Tim is the theologian. I mean, he's, I mean, he'll say more about that. But um, I, I think of myself as an explainer. 
Mm. I'm really interested in communication. I really love the visual medium, but I am not an artist. I mean, I have made videos. I mean, I can animate and edit pretty well, but in terms of drawing and such, I'm I think Tim's probably better than me, actually, at drawing mm, stick figures. Stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> so, so would you say, like, from a content standpoint, is it more like Tim going, hey, these, these are the ideas that I would want to communicate, and John, you're going, hey, this is how this would translate to explain it to kind of a general audience? Is that fair? It's a little more than that. I think John's um, had started previous to this, a company making short animated explainer videos, um, mostly for clients in the tech world, Silicon Valley. So there's also something very unique about John, and just he's a very persistent question asker, mm, and he won't good. rest uh, until it's completely clear <laughs> and coherent in his mind. Nice, and it makes sense and is compelling. And yeah. so as we talk about biblical theology, he helps me. I'm learning by how he's asking questions that I wouldn't have imagined. That's good. And so it's really a, been a mutual learning experience mm. for us both. Yeah. And uh, he also has, well, we both, we both are visual communicators, mm -hmm. but we have different ways of thinking about visual communication. Mm. And it's kind of, I think formed kind of a power team in that way mm. where my stick figures and uh, I don't, you had an interest in documentary yeah. filmmaking and, Yep. storytelling and so it's kind of combining both of our interests that way too well that's helpful because i think probably generally speaking the assumption is there's kind of a brainchild behind it and there's an artist behind it but what i'm hearing you guys say is no this is actually a lot more collaborative than that mm -hmm. you know there's yeah. a it sounds like i mean the lord's just kind of brought you guys together to yeah like you said be a power team which is really awesome yeah yeah we met back in college we both went to a christian college and did our undergrad in like bible and theology then john went on to like develop employable skills <laughs> uh, right in mm -hmm. filmmaking and editing and so on i just like was buried in ancient biblical languages and history for over a decade mm. but then uh, really cared a lot about good scholarship informing the life and mission of the local church. And so I was a teaching pastor for many years as I was doing my degrees. Nice. But when I came back to Portland after finishing school, John pitched this idea to me of making videos like this. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the, the power team kind of began. Yeah. I would say it's pretty interesting to hear that you spent so long in the tiny, minute details of the text. And now your job is to expand as far back as you can to help give people a bigger picture. And so that's really interesting skill set that a lot of people probably don't have. Mm. I think it's pretty fair to say that the Bible Project has exploded over the last, mm. I don't know, how many years, five years, and has probably gone to places that y'all never expected. And so from your perspective, how has this helped people better understand the scriptures? And in what way does this speak to the biblical literacy of our nation and honestly the world as these videos keep going? That's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, we are we're going to turn six years old, like officially, uh, in May of 2020. So well, I guess we're out of the toddler phase, mm. kind of like Happy pre adolescent. Birthday. What are we? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to school. We're going to school. <laughs> starting. You're start, in first grade. Start, yeah, yeah, we're going to start first grade. Uh, yeah, I think the core thing that we're trying to communicate really is just this amazing education that I got to experience, and then the world of biblical scholarship and biblical theology. There's so much amazing 
helpful, life-transforming content out there. Mm -hmm. It's just buried or locked (laughs) (laughs) uh, in, in libraries of books or in institutions that cost a lot of money and time that very few people can actually access. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's popularizing content that's kind of already out there. But also just the way that I was taught to read the Bible was just a handful of really Hebrew Bible scholars um, that introduced me into reading the Bible as ancient Jewish literature, Mm, which the Bible comes from a unique time and place and culture that God used as his vehicle to speak to his covenant people and and so when you learn how to read biblical literature the way it was designed to be read, it just, it's like a decoder ring. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's been my experience. Yeah. Crazy, weird, like, what is this? All this, mm-hmm. you know, just read the Bible. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but it actually does cohere and make compelling sense in a unified way when you learn how to read it. Mm. So that's both learning how to make sense of details, but also how to think really big picture. Yeah. About how all these individual hundreds of stories and books and poems actually do all work together in a really unified way. And from the perspective of Jesus and his earliest followers, the whole thing centers around him, mm-hmm. around Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, if anything, I think that's what we want to pass on. The Christian tradition has had a difficult time knowing what to do with the first three quarters of their Bible that we call the Old Testament mm. for uh, about 2,000 years. And I I think in many ways, it's what I'm interested in, in terms of my scholarship, is recovering the way that Jesus and early Christians and the early Jewish communities around that time read and made sense of this collection of scrolls and heard God's word in it. And so in a way, we're kind of popularizing that, an ancient approach to the Bible that modern Christians have tended to forget about. Mm, That's good. So, John, uh, you just said that you worked on explainer videos prior to the Bible Project. So, talk to us about your process of turning what Tim is talking about, you know, ancient Mm. Jewish literature, understanding how somebody in the ancient Near East would have read this series of writings and put those into a five-minute video. I yeah. mean, what? Yeah, walk us through your whole thought process of what that looks like. Well, I think that my underlying assumptions are that people are really smart, mm-hmm. and the world is really complicated, and the Bible is also very. There's just so much there. It's thick with things to explore. And it can be overwhelming. Mm. Um, and I think people in general, when they get to something really complicated and overwhelming, they avoid it, give up, or mm. just settle for something simplistic mm. and um, underdeveloped. And it's not because they're dumb. Yep. It's just because things are complicated and we don't have time. So I think the role of an explainer is to really wade through everything, feel lost, ask questions, and try to find a footing and try to make sense of it, and then retrace that journey for someone else um, in, a, in an easier way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of what our, our process is. We'll talk for hours mm-hmm. about a biblical theme, mm-hmm. and um, we'll go on all sorts of rabbit trails and at times I'll feel completely lost. At times I'll feel blown away by something really profound. 
And then we just go away from that process and try to recreate it in a script. Mm. And that process of writing a script, I don't really have like a, Mm. I don't know what the magic is like Mm. besides trying to recreate that. I think that for anyone trying to understand something complicated, one of the biggest hindrances is this illusion of knowing this Mm. sense of like, I probably get this. I probably already understand this. Um, And so if you come in with this sense of, I already understand, Mm. then you're not going to ask the questions that are going to bring real understanding. And so I think my role is just to, just to be comfortable being the dumb guy who doesn't get things. (laughs) And um, which is really all of us ultimately like, there are a few select scholars who get to really dig in deep and become masters of a piece of content. But the general person, you don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. I think, too, it's interesting. For This is really for both of you guys. When it comes to a Christian culture who, at least at face value or at least in speech, claims to value the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, how did we get to the point where we need explainer videos. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like, where did we lose the literacy? Mm-hmm. I say that because I consistently am seeing people who would watch something like y'all's videos and be like, whoa, I understand this in a whole new way, or maybe even I understand it for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so many facets to that. Um one helpful way that we've developed talking about it is that o- over the 2,000 years that uh, Christians have lived with the Bible, because it's immense and often confusing because there's a culture and language gap, mm-hmm. Christians have developed what I call them domestication strategies mm-hmm. for what to, do, what to do with the Bible. Yeah, that's good, yeah. It's so, like, wily that we we find ways to make it work for us mm-hmm. and be less what it is, yeah. um, for better or worse. Yeah. And so, whether that's um, actually transforming the Bible into a theology dictionary, where we use the Bible to support our doctrinal systems and beliefs that are unique to our tradition to kind of reinforce those social boundary lines. Or sometimes just to help gain clarity, you know, usually doing both at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes uh, we turn to the Bible and turn it into something like a moral handbook. And because so much of it is narrative, the narratives make the characters into moral examples of good or bad. And then the non-narrative bits, like the law or the New Testament letters, maybe that we can kind of treat those like they're divine commands dropped out of heaven mm. to my place and time. And then I think... More generally, we, especially in the modern American scene, it gets treated as like this kind of inspirational literature mm-hmm. that makes you feel good about yourself and know that God loves you and you're great and you can conquer your Goliath. Yeah, kind of a cathartic self-help or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's right. And I, the thing is, is that I'm caricaturing each of those, but at the root of each of those, I think, is a right conviction about the scriptures that is historic and ancient. They are meant to shape our beliefs, mm-hmm. our fundamental beliefs about the world. That's what these texts have always done, and that's what they're designed to do. Um, They're meant to shape a lifestyle, individual and communal lifestyle, of God's people in the world that's supposed to be different. And it really is meant to connect us in a personal way to God. It's the voice of God through these texts that's Mm -hmm. speaking to us. So those domestication strategies are rooted in right intuitions, but I think the execution has gone awry. (laughs) And so... Back to just what I said earlier, I, I, what I'm really interested in is in recovering the most ancient 
and authentic ways that the earliest followers of Jesus and Jesus himself, how he understood and read the scriptures, interpreted them, what he did with them, that's what I think is a, a way forward for us today. But it turns out it's not simple. It requires some unlearning and relearning. Yep. And that's what we're trying to condense mm -hmm. into short form in a lot of our videos. And I think that's really helpful because a lot of the perspectives that you just said are so me focused, like how can I act better or how does the Bible make me feel? I'm at the center of it. And what y'all are trying to do is reshape people's perspectives to help us see that it's a story that Jesus is at the center of. Mm -hmm. It's not ultimately about us, but we do get a part in the story. And that's part of why your, your videos are so great because it's pointing to God every time and not to humanity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a buddy of mine said one time, and I think he maybe pulled it from somebody else, but just the whole idea of the Bible is not written to you, but it is written for you. And sure. so a lot of people think of it as like, oh, this is just like directly to me when actually if you're going to, like you said, Tim, if you're going to allow it to be what it is, mm. then you have to understand the literary context, the historical context the cultural context, the the language, the customs, the all of those things. I mean, I was just, I was watching y'all's uh, latest video on Sabbath, mm -hmm. and which is really good, by the way. Yeah, we're, we're proud of it. But that whole idea, like, uh, I mean, you take Genesis 1 mm -hmm. as a perfect example of this. You know, we've, mm -hmm. in the modernity wars that were really heated up in the early 20th century, um, you have this almost like biblical literalism that comes out of that. And you have people who are looking at it going, okay, what's really going on in Genesis 1 is that God is telling us how he made the world, you know, which is a very modern question. I mean, that, that's a, it's a new question, frankly. Most of the history of the church or the Jewish people were asking very different questions. Mm -hmm. and, and so you see, actually, you're like, oh, no, actually, I think one of the most important things about Genesis 1 is not necessarily like how he did it, but the fact that he's enthroned over it. And you guys really pulled that idea out mm -hmm. in that video. Like I loved, uh, John, one of the things you said in the video was like, evening and morning is not mentioned on the seventh day, mm -hmm. um, implying that this is an ongoing creative activity of mm -hmm. God that we get to be a part of. So the way that you're reshaping the story for people, I think, is super mm -hmm. helpful. Though, I think what we hope is to help people see it's actually the opposite. It's that our misunderstandings are what need to be reshaped yep, yeah, yeah. to the to the actual Bible. Right. <laughs> uh, because it's the opposite that usually is happening is that we're reshaping the Bible to make it speak to what we think it ought to be speaking to. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, might, it might just work the other way around. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does Agreed. work the other way around. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, this is a story that God is writing. He's the main character. And um, I think that is recalibrating people to the proper narrative. So what are some things that you guys have seen, just feedback from people who have watched your videos? What are some of the common threads that you hear from people about what you guys are doing there at the Bible Project? I think my favorite feedback is that um, I think there's this thing happening in modern Christianity, which is people are deconstructing their faith in all sorts of ways, especially if you grew up in the faith, people who have been deconstructing their faith, who are asking questions that are leading them to just wonder if any of it is valid. 
I think it's happening a lot in a lot of different venues. And I think a lot of it's healthy, but a lot of it kind of leaves you in a place that is completely deconstructed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go, where do I go from here? Mm. And so I think that the way that Tim has been helping me approach scripture and then through that other people coming along is very reconstructive. It's, it's allowing us to take all the pieces and then find the ones that are valuable and then rebuild from there. And so I love to hear that when people are ready to give up, but then they don't. But we also hear a lot from people who um, never felt that way and have been reading the Bible their whole life, but they go, it's coming to life. Mm. It's coming to life in ways that I didn't imagine it could. And so we hear a lot about that. Mm -hmm. um, we get to hear from people who are not followers of Jesus, who are just like, well, I'm so glad I understand this stuff now. This is really cool. Thank you for explaining it. So all sorts of feedback, and it's really all really encouraging. Well, just to encourage you guys too, I think a lot of what I do around here is apologetics and uh, interacting with people. I tell people quite a bit that I don't defend Christianity as much as I clarify it for people. Yeah, sure. Correct misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what people are not believing in are caricatures that misrepresent what actually is. Yeah. And so what's fascinating is there have been times where people have been like, well, what about this or this or this? And I was like, hey, there's this great video you should go watch, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because it just helps people see mm -hmm. um, it destroys the caricature mm -hmm. in a very disarming way mm, mm. and then presents i think the substance of the mm. biblical narrative in a way that's really beautiful and mm. Mm -hmm. i think it was pascal that said you want to present christianity in such a way that uh, people see the beauty of it and they want mm. it to be true mm -hmm. um, and then you convince them that it actually is you know and i feel like that's kind of what's going on here at least in the realm of people who don't yet believe mm. yeah it's interesting I, you know i was actually just going to make a similar point. What really captured my imagination in the first classes I took on biblical studies was how the Bible works as a piece of literature, which doesn't, not even going near our debates about but fiction, nonfiction, what's this? It's a work of literary communication. And the biblical authors actually had a very high developed aesthetic or how they wrote and crafted yep. this, these narratives and, the, and this poetry. And so that's a big part of what makes the videos such a fun medium, because it is also an artistic medium. Yeah. It's a visual. But we're, we really do try and translate the literary artistry into mm. a visual equivalent. And when people are captured by beauty, aesthetic beauty, you know, we, we live in Portland, which is a West Coast urban RT town. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to do an apologetics for the truth content of something. Yeah. If you just show that it's beautiful, yeah. people like Yeah, yeah, find they're it like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's probably true in a lot of uh, late modern Western culture, yep. yeah. is that if it's beautiful, it's more compelling. Mm. And so, dude, we've got the Bible can really work with that. Well, it's and the most beautiful story there is. True, but not just in terms of its content, but in terms of how it's communicated. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. mind-blowingly beautiful. Yeah. So we're, I, we're really leaning into that. Yeah, that's true. In a big way. Yeah. And I think that is a, maybe one factor in why mm. people find the videos compelling, even if they don't know what they think about the actual content or the Bible itself. 
Well, you, you take something like the seven-day Sabbath, and then you you weave in through it. Actually, no, this number seven shows up a lot, you know? Yes. And then at the end of the video, you're like, oh, that is beautiful how mm-hmm. it weaves, you know, in the literary yeah. form. Well, and the cool thing is with scripture, you're never going to run out of topics, so you can keep making videos for us <laughs> yeah. for the rest oh, of yeah. your life. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking we're going to run out. No. <laughs> so give us, just as we wrap up this podcast, give our listeners just a taste of what you're working on and maybe ways that they can get involved. Yeah, we're, we're wrapping up season six of our video production. What's coming in season six? We've got How to Read... We're going to finish our How to Read the Bible how series. Read the Bible. Awesome. So it'll be a total of 19 videos, which will be a, it's an amazing way to get an introduction to all the literary genres of the Bible and understand that it's a collection of books. Yeah. A collection of collections. A collection yeah. of collections. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, we are going to release a video on the Tree of Life soon. Nice. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. The Water of Life is another <laughs> theme video coming out this season. Tim's teaching classes here now, and in March, we are launching Classroom.Bible. In fact, if you go there now, you can do our early closed beta, but we're launching it into open beta in March, <laughs> and we'll have Introduction to Hebrew Bible on there by Tim. Uh, right now, you can actually go through a class on the Book of Jonah on there. It's seminary-level classes. It's free. Wow. Or <laughs> it's for teachers, but you can take it if you're not a teacher. As somebody who paid for seminary, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you may not be a teacher, but if you take the class, you might become one. You might yeah, become one. That's there true. That's a good point. Yeah. So, Tim, are you live on those or is that like pre-recorded content that's that people move through? And Yeah. Like a, you know, we, we um, kind of did a called out to our support community and so we select students from all over the world from our crowd of supporters so we get six people very different kinds of people in a room and we record it's about 14 hours of content around a table but the camera angle is such that you feel like you're sitting at the table yeah, with these six people so yeah that's kind of the format and then it can go on and the class can go on and have a, a life yeah. with Whoever wants to sit at the table. Yeah, yeah no. and, we're build, and we're building an experience around it so that when you take it, not live, but it'll help you through it with, with questions. Yeah, it's and a whole things. interactive website yeah. for the content. Love yeah. it. And we hope to eventually get it so that you can go through with groups, but that'll be something in the future. We're still pretty early on with this, but, that, but that's happening. Yeah, the goal is kind of like if the videos are one wing of the plane and they're to the broadest possible audience, mm. yeah. then... The classroom project is kind of like the other wing, bringing balance by providing really deep level exploration into the same content that we're doing in the videos. You give people a taste, but also the opportunity to keep digging. Totally. Yeah, that's right. Giving them tools and avenues for for discovery on their own. I love it. So at some point, are we going to get to have like a virtual reality, like virtual Tim and virtual John (laughs) online? Interact with your avatar or something like that? Uh, I can give a pretty sure no to that. But, um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But as far as a virtual reality experience, we actually just finished the first yeah, kind of proto version yeah. of uh, one of our Luke videos as a virtual reality experience. What? That's cool. There you oh, go. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are going to put that up sometime early this year. You kind of have to have one of the higher end headsets to to use it. So it's pretty early for that mm-hmm. technology. Um, but we 
are tinkering because it's going to be a new medium that changes the way we communicate and explain things. And we want to be prepared. That's awesome to be on the front of the curve because normally the church is behind it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not historically, I don't think, but yeah, maybe, maybe in the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah, No, the, the Bible has been pushing communication technologies for most of its history. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The early church is responsible for the codex. Yep. That's changed a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Slightly. (laughs) And the printing (laughs) press and what? Yeah. There's a lot of things anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Well, cool. So if somebody wants to get involved, they're like, Hey man, I love what you're doing. What are some things that you're like, Hey, you can immediately help us in these ways. Yeah. Bibleproject.com is our website. Um, We exist because of a bunch of monthly patrons. I think the average person gives 25 bucks a month, but a lot of people just give like 10 bucks a month or less. And, and that creates this army of people who <laughs> I think that's the wrong metaphor. Um, <laughs> community. A community. A community. community. That's, yeah, okay, that's better. That allows us to do what we're doing. So, I mean, you could join that if you feel compelled by, by what we're up to. But otherwise, I think just use our stuff, share our stuff. I think that we found that people support it once they've, <laughs> realize it's valuable yeah, and want more. Yeah, absolutely. So I think just check it out at bioproject.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the bioproject. Uh, it's all up there. Yeah. Share it. Watch it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys hang with us. We're going to be back next week with Tim and John from the Bible Project. Until then, y'all have a good week. As always, thanks for listening to the Equipping Podcast. We genuinely hope that this resource challenges and encourages you so if you have been a longtime listener, we would just ask that you tell a friend, share it on social media, go on iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. That kind of stuff really helps us. And you can always email us at equippingpodcast at watermark.org. Until next time, peace.